Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode, where tonight we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week, 1982's Silent Rage, directed by Michael Miller. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of roundhouse kicks, a lot of looking at Chuck Norris shirtless, so I'm sure the ladies are going to be happy about that. So we've got a lot more to talk about in the later end of the hour. But as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Keith. Hello, 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 everybody. What is going on tonight? Not a whole lot, you know. Just excited for the show ahead. How have you been since last time we spoke, Ghoul? Oh, just simply fucking fantastic over here, man. You know, it's just a regular old uh, old day over here in the dirty jersey, you know. Fucking hurricanes hitting trees, falling down, all kinds of rain and chaos. It's uh, it's just a lovely fucking summer, man. It's it's just been great. It's been it's been a wonderful year. Twenty twenty has just been fantastic. I was just saying that the other day. I was like, this is our year. This is the good one. This is the one that we marked down. Twenty twenty, hell of a year. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But since we're not man. joined by the Mad Monkey, unfortunately, yeah, he's on vacation until. Uh, the end of August, he'll be back in September. But we are joined by the astute, the educated, the astounding Demonic Dean. Welcome back. And then there was silence. Oh. And then there was silence. My old friend. Did you, yeah, know, it's unfortunate. did you know that Chuck Norris threw a grenade, he killed 50 people, and then it fucking exploded? Oh, man, I did not know that. That's a fun Chuck Norris fact. Did you know that he doesn't sleep, he waits? Of course. He doesn't stalk his prey, he waits. (laughs) He doesn't take showers, he takes a bloodbath. Believe me, this this is just going to be going on all night, people. So, uh, yes, if if you didn't get your fill of Chuck Norris facts, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 12 years ago, or if you've forgotten about all these things, just get ready. Because tonight, we do indeed have Chuck Norris in a movie on Talking Terror. So, yes. Uh, it, it, he killed two fucking stones with one bird. No way. I didn't hear that one, because I heard that Death once had a near Chuck Norris experience. Oh. <laughs> yeah? Do you, know what, do you know what fucking blood type is, dude? What's that? AK-47. <laughs> oh, man. That is a really fun fact. Did you know that Chuck Norris could build a snowman out of rain? Of course, man. And he likes his meat so rare that he only eats unicorns. And that I actually have a t-shirt of. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I, I love that t-shirt. It's probably one of my favorites. Oh, uh, boy. This is great. Still have no idea where the oh. Dean is. He's somewhere in space. 
Well, of course. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't carry any horror news. There he is. There's the Dean. The Dean does horror news. You can hear me. You, you can hear I'm me? I'm nowhere. Here he is. Yeah. I've been I talking the whole anything. time, and nobody's been listening to me. Jesus fucking Christ. Don't you even know that Chuck Norris doesn't wear a watch because he decides what time it is? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that Chuck Norris fact was so insane that the fucking Tinkle got lost. Look what Chuck Norris did. <laughs> is my Tinkle gone? Can you not hear me? Uh, I yes, think Chuck Norris you. roundhouse kicked the Dean's microphone. It, it, seriously, though, um, um, you can hear me, yes? Yes, I can. Can you hear us? Okay, yes, I can hear you. Good. We're all here. Did you know mm-hmm. that Chuck Norris... Uh, you know, he's so sexy that he lost his virginity before his father. That's amazing. Did you, know that it, Did you also you know, know that, that he built the hospital he was born in? Virginity and Chuck got it back. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe that one, actually. <laughs> and he doesn't play hide-and-seek. He plays hide-and-seek at Obanji. <laughs> <laughs> We could do this all night. Uh, but welcome, Dean. Yes, we can hear you, and uh, and you're sounding well. Uh, but yes, uh, go ahead. What were you saying? Because, like I said, we didn't hear any of what you were saying, unfortunately. I was just talking about Chuck Norris. As you always and should. I was feeling, I was feeling the ghoul's silent rage about 2020. Oh, see, that's a nice call to the movie here tonight. See, look at that. You prepared. That's funny. I enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I don't really have anything I wanted to, to bring up before uh, we do horror news. So, cool. If you have I mean, anything, why is that I'm just to the cool. Because I don't have anything to talk about. I'm just I'm so ready for horror news. I can't even believe it. Well, I mean, the, 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 the problem being is that the only fucking horror news that there really is out there is just the real world horror that we're dealing with on an everyday <laughs> basis. Like I said, fucking COVID-19, fucking hurricanes, fucking explosives in, or explosions in Lebanon. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on in this world, man. It's just it's so crazy. much crazy shit, and, man. That's why we have the podcast, so we can escape the real-life horrors and just fucking talk about Chuck Norris facts all night. I don't know. The movie that we had to watch this week was kind of like a fucking horror, too. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I know that the we'll monkey here. He's the one who always, uh, who always likes to. I, I'm, I'm going to do this in homage of the monkey because I gave it a try this week. I have two episodes left to watch for it, but I checked out the new Transformers War for Cybertron or whatever the hell they're they're calling it on uh, Netflix. And uh, I do have to say, if you were a fan of the Transformers cartoon series as a kid, you may want to check it out. There's six episodes. They're like 20, 22 minutes a piece. They you fly right through them. A lot of uh, a lot of cool callbacks to some of the old stuff while kind of giving you a, a, a newer taste to the uh, the characters. So I, I've been enjoying it. Well, I'm glad I'm you're having fun. them all again. Right, isn't it? <laughs> How about you? So happy King, for you. Have you, been, have you been enjoying the cartoons, King? Because I know you love cartoons. I do love cartoons, but I haven't really watching that one, uh, unfortunately. I didn't even know that was around. So that's the first I'm hearing of it when you brought up that Transformers thing. Because the monkey hasn't brought that up to me. Usually he's pretty good about that stuff. No. I guess he must have dropped the ball. Didn't let me know. I have to just say that I haven't seen an episode of that. 
I wasn't I'm even going to ask you, Dean. <laughs> Why would you not ask me? <laughs> no. I mean, I'm so, why how are those you Marvel movies me? coming? Did you know that in well, the I, Avengers that did you know that in the Avengers on Nick Fury's gravestone it says the path of the righteous man? Uh, yeah. Indeed. Well, I know it now too. Fiction. Wow, look at you coming out with the Marvel facts. I'll have, I will have you know that since our last show, I have seen Avengers, Captain America Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Captain America Civil War, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, and Endgame. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. I no, have seen every single one of those movies. I just <laughs> finished watching Avengers Endgame about 45 minutes before the show. I watched every single one of those movies. I thought that Thor Ragnarok was a big letdown. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man was way better than I thought it was. What's Ant-Man's name? I am I am Groot. Yeah, that's in the trailers that everybody saw on TV. <laughs> you ain't never met no Dr. Martin Luther the King. <laughs> you don't believe me? Jesus fucking Christ. I've been staring at the fucking television bleary-eyed for a whole fucking week watching these fucking movies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I watched Groot so even bad, became the fucking handle Groot became the handle for Thor's fucking hammer I saw it all Sure I, I, okay. I, I am shocked I am shocked to hear you say That Ragnarok would be a letdown then Considering it as well, well, I know. It better was, well, the well Maybe it wasn't a letdown It was not my favorite one I think I liked Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man are the ones that I think going in I had the lowest expectations for, but then again, I also really know nothing about them. I thought all the fucking Avengers movies were fucking badass. I really liked the fucking Winter Soldier and Bucky fucking Barnes, all right, because I was asking last week, and you were like, oh, you have to watch the movie to learn who the Winter Soldier is. So I watched him with his fucking arm. Yeah, Yeah. well, I did. So now I know. (laughs) Knowing is half the battle, man. Yeah. I am Groot. <laughs> he does say that. If indeed you did watch all of these films, I have to say I am proud of you. I really am. I watched bad. every one of them. Very I'm not fucking, cool, does Disney Plus does Disney Plus on it have like a recently viewed section? Because I'll take a fucking picture of it. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I don't take know. your word for it, man. Yeah. Man, those movies are fucking long. Jesus fucking Christ. I wasn't expecting uh, some of the... I was not expecting some of, like, the, the big-time casting. Like, I was shocked to see Robert Redford and uh, Michael Douglas. Like, I wasn't expecting to see such big names sprinkled throughout all of these films, I have to say. Yeah. And they, uh, also... They got more and more pronounced with each of the films, and they, they would get more involved. They were drawing bigger, bigger people, you know? And it's Disney. Once Disney gets involved, yeah. you know, the, the money is there. But Winter Soldier was uh, kind of on the cusp. That was like one of the last ones to be a Marvel Studios film. It was just as Disney had purchased them. But yes, Red, Redford was amazing. He was fantastic in that movie. Wakanda yep. Forever. Absolutely. I have to say, uh, from the advertising, and maybe I didn't pay super close attention to the advertising, but from the advertising, <clears throat> I thought that Adonis Creed was going to be the hero. And not the villain. 
And, like, maybe not the villain villain, but you know what I'm saying. Regardless of whatever he was, Michael B. Jordan, as fucking always, steals the fucking show of any movie or television series you put that kid in. And, again, I am hoping so, so, so much that they are going to figure out some way to bring his character back for... I mean, Jesus Christ, they brought every other character... They brought every other character back. I honestly, at the end of Endgame, I was shocked that Tony Stark was actually dead. Uh, no, sorry, spoilers uh, for people that might be listening, <laughs> even though it's an old movie. But like, I really I like point, after yeah. the funeral <laughs> sequence when they when they float his fucking thing down the river that says proof that Tony Stark has a heart. I was in some way. Uh, expecting uh, Tony Stark to come back, especially when Captain America and the Hulk were, like, fussing with the fucking time machine again. I really, really thought, ultimately, like, Tony Stark was going to come fucking walking back and Pepper Potts was going to be all like, oh, my God, Tony Stark, and, uh, and everything. But, um, you know, that was not to be the case. Indeed not. They, uh, they were done. After 10-plus after <laughs> years of playing yeah. that character, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was done. And if you remember, I don't know if you remember that night when we watched uh, Iron Man, that thing that they floated down there was that small arc reactor that Tony had in his chest that if you remember the scene in the first Iron Man that Pepper has to pull it out for him. Remember, yeah. she has to plug in the new one for him and then she made it into that little fucking thing and gave it to him and he kept it on his little desk there. So nice call back to that very, very first film because it all started with Downey yeah. Jr. And our, our first big ending is with him as well. Yep. So is there going to be, so like Endgame is like the Endgame, it's the end of the story, but like, this is just fucking, and I'm just asking because I really don't know, but like, this is like the cash cow bonanza, right? Like these characters will be on the screen again, right? No. Some of them, yeah, at the end of a phase, going into a new phase. Yeah, I mean, uh, at this point here, and yes, listen, okay, yes, this is Talking Terror. We don't normally just sit here and talk about comic book films. This <laughs> yeah. actually is a We're big just so night. amazed this is, right now. Well, when you yeah, sit here I, and talk I, about I'm comic books, I usually don't participate. What's um, that? But, but, but again, now again like, I'm, I'm kind of in shock. Like, I'm like, at this point, so. <laughs> so, yes, basically, though, what you've had here now is the conclusion of the story that started way back there with that Iron Man. There are characters that, that are going to come back. That, that, there are characters that are not going to come back. Um, right. So, contract, shit like that. When you gave me this list, there's 11 films here, and I, I only watched 10 because I had seen the original Iron Man, and I've seen the original Iron Man more than once. But now, mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously, I mean, to me, I feel like I... I for the most part, know the whole story. I've been debating whether or not to go and like watch all the other ones to like maybe fill in fill in the blanks. Um, go ahead. But yeah, you know. But we okay. shall do, we shall see. Do it at your leisure, man. If you liked Guardians of the Galaxy, check out Guardians of the Galaxy too. You know that that one. Is I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. Of yeah, I like oh, Guardians of the Galaxy a whole, a whole lot. Yeah, I, I, and I have to from say, the start as far as the films go, you know, like as the 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 my favorite of the films, you know, is Guardians and Infinity War. Even though I still think that out of all of the films, the best movie in the entire series is still to this day Winter Soldier. Yeah, but you I didn't. But you. You, but you didn't see you didn't see all of those eight times in the movie theater. No, I saw Endgame six times in the theater. 
I only need to see that in the theater once. Because, again, that, yeah. that ending, the way that movie ends and the way the crowd was when that movie just goes to black and you realize that you literally are not – we're not seeing anymore. So how that ended was just yeah. so dark. It was so tragic. And just the audience was just silent. It was just this, this quiet, like, depressive, like, just this entire fucking, like, cloud over everybody. It was just like, oh, my God, this is great. Oh, yeah, it was, it yeah, was rough. <laughs> that was <laughs> so, a bad And then day. somebody went, well, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need that one person just to break up the tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infinity War wrecked a lot of people, including myself. I was yeah, and, mm. and like I said, you know the what like Guardians of the Galaxy, and again, like I just remember seeing like commercials and being like, "This looks so stupid," you know. And that, I mean, that's my bad, you know what I mean? Like just making judgment about something I know nothing about. But hmm. uh, I, I I felt the same thing about Ant Man, and that's mo- it's mostly because of Paul Rudd, and I and and, and I say yeah. that. As a, as, a, as a fan of Paul Rudd, except for Halloween 6, but, um, you know, as a, fan of Paul, as a fan of Paul Rudd, I see this commercial, and I'm like, man, I'm like, what, Paul Rudd's a fucking superhero? You know, I felt the same way. Wasn't, like, Ben Affleck, wasn't he, like, Daredevil once, or, like, something like that? I'm like, really? Uh, yes. No, he became Batman. Yeah, he was also Batman. Or whatever whatever yeah, he became, but, like... I'm like, eh, eh, these, this is Paul Rudd, he's a superhero. And, and, and with that also, with that being said, I know nothing about the story of Ant-Man. Um, and uh, like I said, I had, you know, that was one that I had the lowest expectations for. And the, my enjoyment factor versus my expectations in that one was like the, the top, like the complete opposite of my expectations. I, I enjoy that one so much. And I'm also a huge fan of Michael Douglas, so I feel like I, I know he's been, like, had some health issues. Uh, he had tongue cancer because he ate pussy too much once and, uh, you know, some, some other things. But I feel like I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time. And, and I, am, I am a fan of Michael Douglas, and, and I was happy to, to see him. Uh, so I really like that, and I thought Ant-Man was great, and, I, you know, I, 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 I watched a lot of fucking movies in the, in the last week. And, and I have completed the, the, the challenge that the, the ghoul of geek has laid out before me. Um, I believe sometime in March of 2019, I would have to go into my photo album because that's where I snapped your text message with those titles. Uh, so it, it, it's been a, almost a year and a half. And the, the task of which you have claimed on this program will never be completed has been completed. And you said it even last week that it will never happen. So uh, I, I did it just to spite you. Well, again, I have no problem swallowing my words and saying I was wrong. And I applaud you greatly, man. So thank you. Thank you much for, for finally appreciating the, the, the greater Marvel Universe films. And like I said, if you want, go go ahead and check out the other ones, man. Fill in those details. You'll see a little bit more of Michael Douglas in Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's one of those that takes oh, there's place. Oh, there's another Ant-Man movie? Cool. I, I, like, oh, yeah. I know I want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I would watch more Ant-Man. I, I, I really, like I said, those two uh, I enjoyed the most. Well, again, there's you know the Spider-Man films you can check out. There's, there's all kinds of other things. Like so, so, here, films. so here's here's You've my thing. Here's, right, no, no, but here's my here's my question, and this is a this is a, a legitimate question about the Spider-Man films. 
Um, because when it comes to the realm of comic book movies, uh, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, like, I love those. And I've seen them, like, many, many times. And mm. just, the, uh, just like a week ago, like, or two weeks ago, uh, the original Spider-Man was on, like, I don't know, like, TBS or TNN or fucking CTV or whatever, you know. And I watched, the, you know, I watched it, like, the 20th time. And I love it. And then, you know, I feel like it wasn't even that long after the third Toby and final Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie that they were like, and, I, and that might have even been one of the first cases of like hearing the term reboot used versus like remake and shit like that. I just felt like it was so soon, like starting like another series of Spider-Man movies when we just had like a blockbuster bonanza of Spider-Man movies. So like my personal thoughts were cold to it. And I liked the kid that played Spider-Man in, in these movies and everything. I'm a Spider-Man fan. Uh, are you saying to me that the Spider-Man films that are the post Tobey Maguire films are worth watching? Well, I mean, here's the thing you got to use to fill in for that. The last Tobey Maguire Spider-Man film was Spider-Man 3 2007. in 2007. And that was kind of a right. bomb. Um, the movie was yeah, not very it successful. Right. It's not very good. So because Sony needed to put out a movie every X amount of years to hold on to the rights, in 2012, you got The Amazing Spider-Man, which is a whole nother person. That's Andrew Garfield, and he was in two films. You have The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, then following that is when Sony and Disney came to terms that allow them to put Spider-Man in the Disney films, the MCU movies, as well as... Disney helping fund the Sony-made Spider-Man movies. So I don't know if I would call them better than the Raimi films. They're all different. You know, as you see, the personality of him is a little bit more true to the Peter is Parker it, character. Is, is there a repetition a kid, you know? of... Right, no, I understand that. In, in the first Spider-Man, you know, Tobey Maguire was a high school student, but like, is it just like, is it again, is it like a repetition of origin story? Do we have to, like, watch the origin story again? Not that that's not at all to me. I'm just asking. Mm, not, no. not at all. His, his premiere was in Civil War, which you watched. So that was actually the right. first time you saw him. There's no origin. You don't deal with any of that. The uh, first Spider-Man movie was uh, Homecoming, and that literally follows up what happens in yep. Civil War and what happens with Spider-Man after that. Got it. Yeah, Garfield has the origin story. That's the reboot. Yeah, that gives you a reboot, and uh, yeah, that gives you, but it's also updated a little bit, so he's not so mm-hmm. emo and wishy-washy, but like, <laughs> you know, the king has said a thousand times, too, he's a little bit too cool. You know, the kid rides around on a skateboard yeah. and seems like he's, I don't know, I wouldn't say popular, but he's not unpopular, which is how I always picture Peter Parker. He's a dork. He's a geek. Yeah. yeah, he could get laid without having that superpowers. <laughs> Tobey Maguire had to work for that puss. <laughs> well, that's because he was crying all the time, man. You know, that's true. Break. He was emotional. Tobey it was the early 2000s. Weep. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard time. A lot of emo rock bands out there. Found them. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, yeah no, we'll way to go. Way to go. Up a little electro for that, you know, fucking new metal. Oh. Oh God, I can't. I can't. One of the <laughs> Oh, Evanescence. 
Yeah, they were good for a minute. <laughs> Daredevil soundtrack. But then it's okay because Netflix fixed it. They just got Charlie Cox to do it, and it was fucking amazing. Uh, it doesn't offer you. Yes. Yeah, that would be a series you might enjoy as well, man. The, uh, the Netflix series, wow, mm. you can watch them still. Uh, Daredevil, Punisher. Uh, Punisher is John Bernthal. Um, they yeah, are I, not... I, wait, wait, wait. So let me just, I want to clarify real quick. Those are two separate series, right? Daredevil and Punisher? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Well, they mix together. Yeah, <laughs> I like those characters um, very much so. And uh, I know that at some time on our show, we have talked going back to a long ways when they had uh, the Bill Bixby, it's still the best banner, uh, but the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk. Oh. Uh, they had no, the TV I don't agree with that at all. They had the no. TV, I'm not saying the best Hulk, obviously, but Bixby was fucking awesome. But anyway... Uh, Not the best banner. The the um oh, the introduction of man. the the Me introduction too. of the daredevil character um through some uh, television specials, uh, including like the trial of the Incredible Hulk and those old TV specials uh, that were mm-hmm. like one offs. Uh, what's that? Yeah. Yeah, Thor in that too, I think. Or I don't in, see. I don't, I don't, I don't recall. That, I don't recall. Might have been in the I don't recall the Thor. Yeah, Thor. Uh, again, again, I'm just, I'm going on memory here. This is shit that I haven't seen since like its original airings on television. Uh, but that was my introduction to Daredevil. So through that, I've always been a fan of Daredevil. Now, again, with that being said, I have not seen any of the modern Daredevil. I didn't see the movie. Um, or if, I don't even know if there was more than one of those movies. I didn't see it. And, um, you know, I like The Punisher, too. Um, and I know that John Bernthal uh, was The Punisher in that series. And it's something that I had. I would, I would gauge it as mild interest, but, uh, but still haven't checked it out. Let's just say it is... Okay, the only reference at all to the MCU that occurs is in the first season of Daredevil, and all they do is refer to the incident that happens in Manhattan in the first mm-hmm. Avengers movie. And after that, that entire, every single series, um, which is Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Punisher, and then the Defenders, um, they're all their own autonomous thing, but they do intertwine with each other. But each season, what well, you know what I mean? It's not like you have to watch them concurrently, like you do with like if you're watching like the DC television series. You can watch. You got to watch each whole season in order in order to get the whole story for that. But the fucking Punisher is violent and he is angry oh, and it is yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Kingpin in uh, in the Daredevil series, is Phenomenal, and just like you were saying the with best. Paul Rudd and 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 him as Ant Man, you'd be like, oh, him a superhero. The the first thing I thought was, oh, fucking please, Vincent D'Onofrio is Kingpin. And then there is a moment that occurs in that in the early part of that season that you sit there and you <laughs> say, holy fuck, that is Kingpin. This works. You don't even need to know the character just to know that this is a violent, angry man, and it is just. It is a beautiful thing to watch Sinafrio work that character. Right. And as far as you say, and, and Bernthal, angry and violent as the Punisher, like, oh, Bernthal does that. Oh, he does that fucking angry shit 
uh, really well. He did it well, obviously, mm-hmm. as oh, yeah. in The Walking Dead, but also mm-hmm. his character was like so fucking jacked and so fucking angry in The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, you saw that side mm-hmm. of his oh, yeah. uh, yeah. capabilities as well. So that's definitely something <laughs> I would check out. That, though, too, man. I know, I know he was. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, or when he's, like, dealing drugs to the kids, and he's like, bring me a pair of your sister's panties um, to that fucking teenage kid. But anyway, I just did a quick, I just did a quick scan because I wanted to make sure we have the facts. But uh, in 1989, uh, well, first, uh, there was the TV movie in 1988, uh, which was like an offshoot of the series uh, that was The Incredible Hulk Returns. And then the sequel, the TV movie sequel to The Incredible Hulk Returns was The Trial of the Incredible Hulk and this was the kind of introduction to Daredevil which I'm reading was supposed to be like a launch for a a Daredevil TV series which ended up not being produced but I don't see anything about either of those, I don't see anything about Thor being involved in any of that Um, Hmm. but anyway uh, with that being said I know he he was involved, I know he they did have Thor on that show. Death of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I'm just talking about these two TV movies. Uh, you know, the incredible, the trial, and the, the 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 fucking return or whatever it was called. But um, That's you cool. know, I I know I've seen those. Uh, you know, I saw them live in the moment. Uh, and that that was my introduction to Daredevil, to the Daredevil character. Yeah. So Death of the mm. Incredible Hulk what followed the trial of the Incredible Hulk. So and so that's this would be in 1990. And, uh, and yes, I'm pretty sure that's the one that had uh, Thor in it. Yes, you are correct. The Death of the Incredible Hulk, made-for-television superhero film, the last of the three revivals based on the 78-82 to 82 television series, uh, Bill Bixby reprising his role as David Bruce Banner, um, and... Yeah, it was The Incredible Hulk Returns. May twenty second, nineteen eighty eight. Yes, no, I'm talking about the death of the Incredible Hulk. I already, I, you know, we, you know, uh, I don't see anything about Thor, about Thor being on it. It's Thor. Incredible Hulk returns May twenty second, nineteen eighty eight. He was sabotaged by the inexplicable arrival of the arrogant warrior God Thor, who has been banished from Valhalla upon his return. And there's a bunch of pictures of Bixby and Thor. So there you yeah, go. Was even before trial. There you go. So boom. Yep. There. Take that. <laughs> I don't even fucking no, see that Speaking of superheroes, speaking of superheroes, did you know that Superman owns a pair of Chuck Norris pajamas? No way. Totally. That's fucking cool. Okay. This fucking Superman's awesome. He knows what's up. That's because Chuck Norris doesn't cheat death. He wins fair and square. Mm-hmm. I think we sent the dean on like a spiral into the, uh, the incredible. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, this is what you've been wanting for your whole fucking life, cool. So, Jesus fucking Christ. His whole life. His whole life has Learn built up to this superheroes. moment. Read comic books. See the superheroes. Let's see. Look, and you see, did. We're proud of you. I've been deep diving into like the realm of music in, in all kinds of avenues and directions that I've never, never, ever would have gone through as I uh, explore the, the, the life and, and, and times of Eric Clapton at this point. Like, uh, yeah, this is very true because you gave me, man. You would, 
you would hear me back in the day be like talking about that fucking shit incessantly because like when it would come for like the parts of the evenings in that era uh, when our whole group would like go their separate ways back to their own homes like I would be going home and like putting my fucking headphones on all night being all fucking baked and shit and, and listening to all that shit all fucking night long and getting my musical education in, in, in that time frame Mm-hmm. I have uh, I have discovered that there are, are artists out there who I have. I mean, obviously, listen. I know there's artists out there that I would probably enjoy that I've never heard. But it's been fun finding some of these fuckers, man. Uh, like I said, yeah. uh, I was listening to a little bit more Billy Preston today. Uh, he he is fun. I did prefer the uh, the first album to to the to the second one. Um, and I actually got to hear a little bit of the uh, Plastic Ono band today. I guess uh, Clapton played with them at a, at a, at a live yeah. event in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Enjoy that, not man. So much fun. Not so much fun. It was all right, I guess. I, I, was more ex- I was really excited for it, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought it was really good, and, and I was happy, and then, and then it started, and I was like, wow. It's kind of like, kind of like being at a high school event, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. And you just want to leave, but the doors are locked. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, every now and again, Yoko, I guess, gets gets involved and is like yelling some shit to the crowd or another. And, uh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, yep, that, that she's there. You, you you can't not hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I still stand at this point uh, again with uh, with Blind Faith, definitely being like a new favorite, man. Fucking a! What a band, man! Dude, that album, phenomenal. that album is awesome, and I, you know, I've I've heard that album so many times over the years, and I haven't heard it in a long time. But I told you, man, I, I had to run into the shop to 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 grab something that was on hold for me, and I just kind of flipped through real quick the the new the new inventory that that the record shop had acquired recently, and. There was there was a fucking used mint condition blind faith record. <laughs> I fucking bought that shit right fucking immediately. This is one that I've gone back to a number of times now. Like I'm, I'm just always like intermingling back to it. Uh, and yeah, I also listened to the uh, the Delaney and Bonnie and Friends on tour with Eric Clapton album. Uh, that that was a lot of fun. Again, a real cool sound that I've never heard. You know, like I really like the way they yeah, there's some, there's they, some... they mesh their music. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of uh, live stuff uh, available for for that stuff, uh, which is great. Their live stuff is great, and um, the 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 Blind Faith. You would say, "Oh man, why was there only like the one album?" It's just you know, Clapton at that point in time, like Clapton and Winwood were both destined for their own branch of stardom, and there's just no way that it could have held with both of those two together in a group. They were both just far too talented compared to all of their peers uh, to be in the same group together. Well, yeah, I mean, from what I got, I could, like, brief read up on, on some of the stuff to see why it didn't end up working. And, uh, and again, here we go, I'm talking Terry, you know, horror podcast, but now we're going to branch off into our section. <laughs> <laughs> Music <laughs> um, and Marvel I mean, and everything in between. Whatever, from what I've read... Wasn't there a it, time it, when the King of Horror was going to head up the horror music section? Huh? I think we no. We might have had a segment or something like that at some point or another. Um, we had a friend that did that a while back, but yeah, not I not, not me. It. I like you know, ghosts. The whole thing so that, I, that. that I read on it was just that uh, basically Sorry. that Clapton 
didn't want to, he just didn't feel like they had enough work together yet at that point. You know, they had put together that, that album, and while they were busy working on that album, they were also rushing them out there as the next big super group, and they only had six songs. You know, so here they are. They're trying to tell them to, like, you know, get out there. You guys got a tour. You got a tour. And all Clapton wanted to do was work together with the three of the other three and be able to, to, to work better as a band. And then that started leading to, to, to buttings of heads. And that's when Clapton started, like, I guess he wasn't even, like, like he'd come out on stage to play with the band, but not actually, like, do anything on stage. He would, like, kind of stay in the background and just fucking play guitar and, and not really get involved. They said he was actually more involved with, like, other groups that were opening for them at these shows instead, and that he would actually sit in and, and play with more of them than he was actually being involved with Blind Faith itself. So it's, in the end, they were just like, okay, look, we're done. And so it went. Yep. Sounds sounds like uh, again sounds like the the typical shit that you hear in the music industry. You know the the same old stories. The music companies want money, 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 and they want to fucking you know they want to make everybody the next big huge star. So basically, you had this band going out there who wanted to make their own music, playing Clapton's old band's music. I'm sure there was more personal shit involved with it, but that's what I gathered from from my quick little little shits with it. (laughs) I'd be mad, too. Yes, I I actually listened to that whole album, the the Blind Faith in Hyde Park. They have that. uh, They have a whole live album for that show. But you can see it, too. Nice. (laughs) You'll watch it happen. I'm all of a... You know me though. I'm more about the oral sensation than I am about the visual. I know you love the oral. You love the oral sensation. <laughs> the oral beats. Mm-hmm. So do we All actually right. so have Dean, any horror news whatsoever? I was going to say, oh. Dean, do we have anything to talk about? We have. Yeah, you know, of course we have horror news. Um, so first, uh, being that he was in the thing, we have to say our our bon voyages to um, Wilford Brimley, who has uh, shuffled off to the great beyond, uh, leaving a, 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 a legacy of oatmeal and diabetes and cinematic performance. Uh, so he has, he, has, he has shuffled off at the age of 85. Uh, he, I, I'm a follower. He's been, he's a, he had been a very active uh, user and communicator on Twitter. Uh, tweeting very, like almost up to his last uh, day on the planet. Uh, but anyway, uh, we just need to throw that out there. Obviously, the thing, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, is held in, in very high regard here on the Talking Terror program, and Wilfred Brimley uh, played a part. Uh, so we just felt the need, or I felt the need, to just kind of uh, say goodbye on our show. Uh, moving now, on. I know obviously, as, as horror fans, The Thing and stuff like that, and yes, you know, the, the Quaker Oats guy, and diabetes guy that, you know, has become the source of, of much comedy and memes and all kinds of shit with that, but you know, for me, I think of Wilford Brimley, and the first thing that comes into my mind is that fucking Ewoks Battle for Endor movie, okay, where he was this crotchety old man that was constantly yelling at the little curly-haired blonde girl who's who we spent in the first Ewok movie. I don't know if you remember either of these movies, Dean, 
They, they were I know, do. Made for a, they were like ABC television movies. Yeah, so they I introduced totally, I totally little remember. Blonde girl, movie, man. Sindel, with her brother and her mother and father, who then they make the fucking sequel, and they literally kill them. They kill the brother, they kill the mom and dad within the first couple of minutes, and then they stick this poor little girl with this crotchety, chubby old fucking man and this fucking fast-running critter called Teak, I think his name was. And pretty much what you had throughout the entire film was Wilford Brimley, like, yelling crotchety. Like, I picture the king like this. If you were to give the king, like, a ferret <laughs> or something like this at his house, this is exactly how he would be. He'd be like, I'm teak, motherfucker. You better give me my food back. You better not be giving no food to the fucking neighbors. Where are my cigarettes, teak? <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty like you're in the room with me. This is pretty much what I picture Wilfred Brimley when I fucking say, when I, I hear his name every time because that movie was just so stained into my head. I was so excited as a kid that there was going to be a Star Wars television film that had fucking everybody's favorite little furry fuckers back then, the Ewoks, and, and, and that was the movie, you know? And I remember really enjoying it as a kid. And then I went back a couple of years ago and I was like, wow, I watched this, huh? That was bad. I just wonder if Wilfred Brimley was ever young. Like, I always just thought he was always 85. Like, I never saw him as anything but an old man. <laughs> so if I Seriously, saw him young, man, when I was a little I kid, I would watch, uh, I would watch the film, uh, the Robert Redford film, The Natural, uh, a mm-hmm. million times when I was a kid. And that movie came out in 1984, uh, and I thought he was old as dirt then. And yes, he played a senior, obviously, in the Cocoon films, yeah. of which the first one mm-hmm. is absolute, absolutely fucking brilliant. But oh, it's uh, yeah, he always, always seemed to be like, like a, like an old, like a grandpa, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in the eighties, he was old. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I never remember him being young. The youngest I think I ever like see him as is when I saw him in the thing, and that's because I'll be honest, I didn't <laughs> fucking recognize him. The first time I watched that movie, I had no idea that was Wilford Brimley until like the end of the movie, and I was like looking at the character names. Like I saw him in the beginning, and I remember watching the whole film, thinking to myself, I thought Wilford Brimley was in this, and then I saw the character <laughs> names, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. He didn't look old. No mustache throws you off. <laughs> he yeah, needs that mustache. He doesn't have that fucking, uh, that, that, that clit duster, you know? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have it, it's just that you don't know who he is. <laughs> All right, Dean, cool. what else you got? <laughs> uh, on the Stephen King front, which I feel we have an avalanche of Stephen King news uh, all the time, uh, next year, March 2nd, 2020, uh, 2021, we'll uh, see the release of the next Stephen King novel. Uh, the title for this novel is very simply stated it is called Later uh, apparently hmm. there's going to be a supernatural kid and there's going to be a you know perhaps some type of killer from beyond the grave uh, but uh, this novel will be clocking in at a, a very 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 tidy 256 pages which I feel hmm. like uh, you know I, I'm sure there's been a couple of new king books since the last time I was reading new king books which is probably like Four to four-ish years ago, uh, and I feel like 256 pages from the last New King books I was reading was just the exposition. Uh, so this whole novel is going to be a complete uh, read of only 256 pages. So a quick read. So uh, if that's the kind of thing you look forward to, next March uh, 2021 later will be uh, released. And also in the world of Stephen King, uh, the Firestarter remake uh, being directed. 
by a man named Keith Thomas. Uh, he has said that the script hey, has me. received. <laughs> your, oh, that is true. That is very true. Uh, what are you doing directing a Firestarter well, remake? <laughs> it should. He don't says. Fuck, I can't believe I just said that. that. Sorry, man. I didn't spotter out you or whatever the, the, the TikTok term is these days. Uh, but anyway, uh, he says Stephen <laughs> King has given his approval uh, to the script. Uh, it's a screenplay by Scott Teams, who uh, was the writer of the upcoming or upcoming to next year Halloween Kills, and they're hoping uh, to start shooting the Firestarter remake uh, sometime later this year. So that's what's going on in the world of Stephen King. Okay. In the sticking world. With, sticking with books real quick, you know, I do have to say for everybody out there that is a fan, you know, yesterday, our copy on release day of uh, Stephanie Meyer's newest Twilight novel, Midnight Sun, <laughs> made its way to our house here, even <laughs> through the hurricane, even through the hurricane. There was Good a bright, di- diamondy, sparkly, fucking shining thing. That dropped into our laps, and that indeed was was Midnight Sun. So all you Twilight fans out there, the book is out. Go get it. You know, <laughs> at some point they're gonna make a movie, and we're gonna make the dean watch it. So you best get it now. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The only thing that would make those films any good would be if Blade showed up and killed all those motherfuckers. <laughs> it, who is coming to the MCU? Played by uh, Mayor yes, Shalom Ali. Yes, is coming. Ali. Sorry, I like played Mayor by Wesley Snipes. No, not Wesley Snipes. No, rubbish. Wesley nope. Snipes is out. Lots too much money. Yeah, he just yeah, didn't do it. <laughs> he still wants to make another Blade movie, just not in the MCU. He's going to do it himself. Go, oh, motherfucker, Blade. Anyway, <laughs> in the God, world, there's been all of the talk of lawsuits and whatnot, but uh, mm. you, if you so desire to exist Me? inside of the world of Friday the 13th, you uh, can get Me? the Horror at Camp Crystal Lake board game uh, that is you out that, for the low, low price of twenty nine ninety nine. Uh you can play this game with three, three to six <laughs> players. It's it's rated for ages 17 and up. And it's being said that, uh, you know, this is a pressure luck survival type game that takes place over the course of five nights. And you can play as the choice of six different counselor stereotypes as you try to elude death by Jason Voorhees himself. Sounds like the NES video game. So I get to pick my, my weapons and my, uh, you said there were five, five counselor stereotypes. See, in the, in the video game, you had six. You had six counselor no. stereotypes. You know, which, which pretty said. much follows the choice the of six counselor stereotypes. Oh, you said six? I thought you said yeah. five. Yep. Oh, six. Oh, look at that. You got six. They made it just like the video game then, man, which took, it's, it's, I'm, Guarantee you that it took its pattern right off the NES hockey game because you had the, the skinny, <laughs> weak, but high-jumping one. You had the, the mediocre mil, middle player who was kind of like a combination of both, and then you had the big, hefty, but slow as fuck, couldn't jump for shit, 
beefy fella and, and lady, and they just had the male and female counterparts of all of them, and they had names, too. I remember, like, I think some of the names even matched names from, like, the movies. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I made it intentional. So, because I played the <laughs> shit out of that fucking game, because I was, I was goddamn, I was so sure that I was going to beat that fucker, man, but you could not win that game for shit. Because you, do, oh, no, you didn't possible. have enough skills? No. Impossible. They made it impossible to beat. They made it impossible to beat. There was no ending to the actual game, man. No. You had to fight fucking zombies and bats and shit. The the choice of characters in this game, you can be the nice guy, the diva, the jock, the nerd, the partier, or the final girl. Uh, Those are the choices of the six character counselor stereotypes, which you can choose uh, to play at. Yeah, I, I want to play as the final girl because I know I'm going to live. Maybe so, <laughs> maybe not. Also, well, why is, in the why, world why is the of, person called the final girl if they're not going to make it to the end? <laughs> because, she, because she isn't new to being the last one standing, but doesn't necessarily get to be the last one standing this time around. Uh, That's like the time that I played the Friday the 13th video game and they made me Tommy Jarvis and I had a gun and I thought I was going to kick Jason's ass only to miss him completely. (laughs) And it wouldn't have have mattered anyway because I couldn't hurt him, which I didn't know. And then he proceeded to fucking beat and take my ass apart as Tommy Jarvis. And I was like, no, Tommy, you're dying. (laughs) Not Tommy. Not Tommy. (laughs) <laughs> and then I probably and then I probably never played that video game again. So, the kids play that it. Game, go fuck it Sammy got hit for a while, and uh, I don't know. I was supposed to start playing again, but then, then all the other shit started happening, and it's not like I hey, listen. You know what? That's that's a total lie. The other shit started happening. And I probably wasn't gonna fucking play the game anyway. But it just meant that they were gonna add less shit to the game, and I don't know. For me, the whole idea was of getting more shit was what was cool. Yeah, well, that's your way out. You could be like, oh, that fucking lawsuit. I can't play this game anymore. Oh, fuck that. Exactly. Wow, this is crazy, right? <laughs> Lame. <laughs> they did. They fucked the whole thing up. <laughs> fucking lame lawsuit. Can't play my game anymore. I'll be in my room. You know what? I just I can't find anything to fucking play anymore besides, like, dick. Fucking, uh, everybody seems to be playing Warzone these days, man. I don't even know what fucking Warzone is. But your dick never lets you down. That's the thing. Games let you down. Dick is forever. <laughs> don't you play... Well, you might love Dick, but don't you play The Last of Us 2? Nope. Uh, oh. <laughs> I didn't... I, uh, no, see, I, I, I own The Last of Us 1, except I only <laughs> own it because I got it on Redbox, and this is when I was still living on Tenant Road. And I guess I <laughs> put it on my, my TV stand... And then somebody put something on top of it. And then I completely forgot that I rented it. So it sat there. And eventually I got an email from Redbox that said, hey, we're going to just charge your card 60 bucks, and you now own this game. And I was like, what game are they even fucking talking about? And sure enough, I like picked up a couple of DVDs or moved something somewhere, and there was The Last of Us, just, just the last of it, just sitting right there you know, in this form. And I was like, wow. I should have probably played it. And I was like, I- I'm going to play it now. And then I didn't. And, yeah, it's still sitting on, like, a shelf somewhere, I think. <laughs> well, then. Still yeah. never, yeah, still never been played. 
Wow. You I can't play the game. sequel if I haven't played the original. Isn't that an exciting story? I'm terminated. Yeah. My nipples are hard. <laughs> Holy moly. Uh-huh. What else do you Also, have, in, in the world Hazard. of games, uh, if, if you like Gremlins, uh, from the Funko Company, uh, you can get the Gremlin card game Holiday Havoc September 30th for the low price of $6.99, uh, where you will be tasked with the job of stopping the Gremlins from creating havoc all around town. Uh, ten different Gremlins will be featured. Five locations uh, from the film, including Dory's Tavern, uh, will play a role. This game is rated for those eight and older, and there can be three to five players, and you can play this game in as little as 15 minutes. Uh, so uh, just a few short weeks ago, I talked to, we've been talking about the upcoming uh, Secrets of the Mogwai animated series and whatnot, and I put out the theory that over the course of time you were going to see little gremlins things uh, kind of re-entering the spear to drum up the interest that will ultimately lead to a feature film, and uh, here is a, is a salvo uh, for that theory uh, that I just read about today. Uh, a Gremlins card game that's going to be mass pushed to the to the population to get the Gremlins into your mind. Uh, so again, there's two games, Friday the Thirteenth and Gremlins. If playing like tangible board games and card games is uh, your kind of fun, uh, that's uh, you should be looking forward to playing these games. Well, you know the follow-up awesome. is going to be a eight or sixteen-bit downloadable video game that'll be available on like Xbox Marketplace or PSN, you know, the network and all that stuff. And then eventually that'll lead to a larger form, like actual fully realized video game of the Gremlin variety. I mean, we might even get to play as Corey Feldman with his slingshot. That would be fantastic. (laughs) What could be? What could be? What could be? Courtney Cox. Did you say Cox? Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Cox. Uh, will be reprising her role as Gail Weathers for the upcoming uh, Scream relaunch. Uh, you know, Ooh. Arquette's been signed on for some time, as, as, you know, with his character of Dewey. Uh, and uh, Gail Weathers will be joining the fray. Oh, you mean he's not doing Ready to Rumble too? No, <laughs> uh, he is not. I want that, though. Um, I'd love to see a sequel. <laughs> he, will, he will be, uh, I you know, see the king. being in the Scream relaunch. King me! <laughs> Jimmy the King, you're an asshole. <laughs> Fucking Jimmy the King. You know, that's what I said. I haven't like, picked up. But I actually like that movie, too, you know? It's just, it's I saw it in the theater. That, yeah. I did not. I did not. And I regretted it. Because, you know what? When I did eventually see it upon, like, home release, I, I think I rented it at that point. I uh, Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I really should have went and gone and saw it. But, one, I was so... I don't know. I guess at that point, WCW had put such a bad taste in my mouth that mm, I, I yeah, wasn't was even watching it anymore anyway. And then just to even know further that they, they went and made fucking Arquette like an actual champion and all that bullshit, I was <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can't support this. <laughs> I'm sorry you were not able to support it. Think about it, dude. David Arquette is listed in the, the annals of wrestling history. <laughs> As one of the, the WCW heavyweight, yeah, the Anals. The Anals. The Anals. They, we like to say oral and Anals. Uh, I always thought it was Annals, Annals, Anals. It's all the same fucking thing to me. In the history 
of WCW as WCW <laughs> heavyweight champion. So you have Ric Flair, you have Hulk Hogan, you have Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, <laughs> Goldberg, <laughs> David Ar- David Arquette. He <laughs> <laughs> was just saying it sounds bad. Goldberg, mm. David Arquette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got the skills. Indeed. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. There were, all right, there were skills, all right. What's next, Dean? Uh, those of you that have seen the remake of Child's Play, the director, Lars Klernberg, uh he wants a sequel, uh, but ultimately it's up to the studio. Uh, so he's hoping for that to happen. I don't. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if people are hoping for a sequel, but uh, that is something that the director mind. wants. Yeah, um, I mind you know, keeping things, keeping things moving along at a at a crisp pace. I put this in our in our group message, but the the ever the the Shutter Network, uh, the Shutter streaming service, uh, increasingly growing in popularity, uh, has released <clears> a new trailer for their. Uh, their property that we covered on the show is my pick, uh, Terrified or Atorados. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. that as they have now grown in popularity, they're pushing this as like a new film. Uh, the trailer that they've put, put out with it is even labeled as 2020, uh, when obviously it's not a film from 2020, but uh, you know yeah. they're using their growing popularity to make another push to get this film out there and seen. Uh, I think we had an entertaining time with it, but... Uh, you know, if you were looking for a chance to revisit it, uh, once again, you will get a chance to see it. Uh, continuing to move along, uh, uh, I am a fan of the original Wolf Creek film. I uh, have not seen the sequel, uh, nor have I seen the two seasons of the television show, uh, all uh, starring John Jarrett, who plays the killer Mick Taylor in these films. Uh, but uh, Mick Taylor, uh, or Thanks John Jarrett, the creator... It. The creator, uh, Greg McLean, uh, have come forward to announce that there's going to be a Wolf Creek. Maybe so. Uh, There's going to be a Wolf Creek Creek, uh, third third film, as well as a third season of the TV series. So if you are the fan of the torturous, murderous exploits of Mick Taylor, uh, there's going to be more of that on the way in more than one different capacity. Uh, So keep your eyes peeled. And since some of you out there are still fans of a uh, (laughs) wolf queef, queef, what queef, wolf queef, some of you out there still are fans and collectors of tangible media. (laughs) Uh, One of the studios consistently putting out high quality collectibles, Scream Factory, has announced that several of their titles, including the Carrie Collector's Edition, the Child's Play Collector's Edition, Escape from New York, both the Limited Edition and the Collector's Edition, uh, the Mad Max Collector's Edition, the Manhunter Collector's Edition, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 Collector's Edition Blu-rays are all going out of print next month because they are losing their rights to those titles. So if you are a collector of Blu-rays and you would like to have the Scream Factory special editions of any of those titles, you better act now as they are going to go out of print. Uh, I know some of you are still into the tangible media, uh, so you better act Mm -hmm. fast. Uh, Also, uh, there is a company called uh, Arena Cinema, and Arena Cinema... Hollywood. Uh, 
in order to Hollywood. find ways from Madigan to <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan, uh, <laughs> arena <laughs> cinema to try to make money during the global pandemic has launched a whole series of flavors of gourmet popcorn. Uh, fav- flavors include once upon a time in popcorn, crouching tiger, hidden popcorn, uh, natural corn killers, Apocalypse Now, uh, Popcorn of the Living Dead, Eternal Popcorn of the Spotless Mind, and others. Uh, all of these popcorns have different styles of flavors like uh, coconut lime, Thai spice, uh, maple bourbon, cheddar, so on and so forth. But you can get two large bags of any flavor for the low price of fifteen ninety nine. So if flavored popcorns with movie-themed uh, titles is your <laughs> kind of thing... Uh, then you should check out their website where you can place your order for some gourmet-flavored popcorn. And then finally, uh, we have talked so, gourmet so much lately. You remember Frank, right? Of course. Obviously, my stepfather. Well, he used to get for Who? Christmas. He would do Frank. He was my, my stepfather. No shit. No shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So for Christmas, he would get flavored popcorn. They would just always get him a tin of flavored popcorn of various, you know, caramels, cheddar, whatever the fuck it is, right? So the one Christmas, this is like right after we moved to New Jersey, so this has got to be like 1990, 1991. So, so Gatano, my Italian friend, had come out to visit and hang out during the holidays. And Gatano was notorious for, for, like, doing pranks and shit like that. He loved to fucking pull gags. So he sees Frank's fucking popcorn tin. You love the like, gag you know, on your ass, those, those, those big, big fucking buckets, you know? So he's like, dude, he goes, I don't know why I went along with this. You know, you remember Frank, dude. Like, how this was a good idea to me at the time, I have no idea. He goes, yo, I've got a great idea. He goes, I'm going to fart in the tin. And we're going to close it up so that next time Frank goes to eat the fucking popcorn, he's going to open it and get a fucking faceful of my fart. So I'm like, oh, what a great idea. I've never heard of anything so fucking intelligent in all my life. You know what, the man that, yeah, so what? I, if I fucking pull the weeds wrong, he beats the shit out of me. But you know what, farting is popcorn. It makes sense. <laughs> so there Gatano is sitting there crouching over this fucking Christmas-themed fucking popcorn tin with Santa Claus on it. Can I just really quick, can I ask real quick, was this the kind of Christmas-themed popcorn can when you opened up the big tin, there was like a divider and there was like like columns with three different flavors? Yes, there was. Absolutely. But Mm, at this point, all there was, the columns You said absolutely. Because... Because at, the, at, the, at this point, it was the end of the tin. So there was just a little bit of popcorn on the bottom. <laughs> it was all mixed up of all three flavors, you know, because the, the divider had been pulled out. And there Gatano is, you know, he couldn't just fart over it with his pants on or with his underwear on. So he's squatting over it. And then he, all of a sudden, he gets this look on his face. And he just looks, like, horrified. And he goes, oh, no, Keith. And I go, what? What happened? And he gets up and he goes, look, look what I did. And they're sitting in the tin on top of the popcorn, on Frank's fucking popcorn, on like two nice, neat little turns that he shit out because he was pushing so hard to fart the fucking thing that he just shit 
on fucking Frank's popcorn. Okay? It was fucking, like, horrifying. But this is, like, one of those moments that we were fucking, like, rolling on the floor dying for, like, hours and hours and hours. And then, you know, to make it all better, my kids every year now, what do they give me for Christmas? A tin of popcorn, you know, in honor of Frank. Yes, in honor of Frank for, for shitting in his popcorn tin, which we probably took outside and, like, tossed in the fucking pine trees somewhere behind Glendale. <laughs> but move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then the, the last the last item that I, that I have this week, uh, we have talked so much about next year's Halloween kills, uh, but I'm not going to talk about that. What I am going to talk about, and I share this information in our group, uh, you will have the opportunity to see Halloween, uh, the original John Carpenter Halloween from 1978, as well as Halloween Part 4 and Halloween Part 5 uh, at drive-ins and theaters near you. Uh, I believe they are currently playing and will be playing all the way through Halloween of this year. If you go to the Cinelife Entertainment website, you can get all of the location info and if you want to see these films and they are currently not playing in a reasonable location close to you uh, you can also on their website put in a request uh, you know for them to explore showings that are closer to your area Uh, I myself have to say uh, getting the opportunity to see the original Halloween on the big screen would be fucking awesome uh, I have not yet explored what opportunities uh, will be in my region to check it out, but uh, it is on my list to do so, man, because I have to say, uh, you know, getting a chance to see the original Halloween in the movie theater would just would be so fantastic. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've seen that movie a thousand times. Uh, you know, I know all the nooks and crannies. Um, it's very rarely do I, like, pick up on something new or whatnot, but, like, it, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, I would I would love to see that on the big screen. So four and five as well. Fuck yeah. Um, but especially the original. Um, I did. I I can't remember for certain. I definitely saw Halloween five in the theater. I can't remember mm. if I saw part four in the theater or not. But I definitely saw part five. Um, but I I love all I of those I films. Six. I do love part four. And um, you know uh, I will be checking it out. So uh, if you wanted to get a chance to see those things again you should check out the Cinelife entertainment website uh for locations uh show times and all of the information related to halloween 78 part four and part five in drive-ins and in theaters uh and there you have it uh those are the things that i wanted to talk about on this episode of talking terror uh, i'm sure right. Mahoney is showing halloween in some of those no. formats no. or whatever it is um you know, if not, one of the other drive into the area probably will be. Uh, we have Delcy, I think, is like the closest one to us over here. And I check every week, and every week I'm just disappointed by what they're putting on the screen. So I'm like, you know what, I'm not taking the hour, hour and a half trip to go do that. And, again, the problem with the Mahoning is you gotta, you know, you got to commit to it because it's a long drive to get out there. you got to know that you're camping out for the night for it. And with the two kids, it's like... All right, you know, like I know this weekend, me and the uh, the cool girl, we're actually heading back up to Salem for the weekend, so we're uh, we're gonna actually be there for a full two days. We're gonna actually get to do some tours this time around, being that the uh, the dungeons and shit are open. We're looking forward to that. We're gonna be going on a schooner ride. 
you know, so that should be fun as well. Nice little like sunset cruise and shit. Um, you know, so so yeah, so that'll that'll be a good time. But yeah, drive-ins, man. The the there's just none close enough to us here that it's like, you know, like I just I can't commit to it. it sucks. I wish we had one closer. Yeah, that'd be nice. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of drive-ins, too. I've never been to one. I actually would love to go to one one of these days, but really? I digress. Uh, never been to one. You know, one of these days I'll get to go. You know, I mean, there's one that's not that far from where I live. Yeah. Yeah, Mahoney would probably be the closest. There's another one, too, that I, I wanted to go to uh, last summer then ended up being the movie that was playing that wasn't playing anymore. I think I was going to go see Child Play uh, with a mutual friend of, of mine of, of mine and Monkey's. And just never ended up happening. They took the movie out too quick. So, um, well, Mahoney's anyway, always doing uh, a theme thing with 35 millimeter. You know what I mean? Which is awesome because they're not doing new movies. Yeah, they don't play new films. It's always old films with themed weekends and, and all kinds of bonuses and shit. And like I said, you pitch a tent, you spend the night for a couple extra bucks, yeah. man, and uh, you can just fucking party and fucking hang out nice, neat, keep it clean, and, and you're good. You know, don't be an asshole like we always say. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, speaking of assholes, we do have a villain in the movie that we're going to be talking about, John Kirby, uh, which is also kind of appropriate for Halloween, like a stand-in for Michael Myers yeah, because he doesn't talk and he kills. Um, but Silent Rage from 1982, directed by Michael Miller, uh, follows a sheriff who tries to kill the st- killing spree of a silent, maniacal murderer who, as a result of secret genetic experimentation, has an, by an unethical scientist, has the ability to self-heal. So that's just the general... Uh, viewing of it. Chuck Norris does a lot of kicking. He does a lot of love making, and he spends a lot of it shirtless. So that's uh, Silent Rage. Um, I saw it years ago, and I thought it was kind of cool to see Chuck Norris doing something that isn't an action film or a martial arts film. So, uh, Ghoul, what did you think of Silent Rage? All right. So, first and foremost, you know, this will be one of my uh, this will be one of my long winded ones. So, so Dean. Hmm. I don't know, go go sip a wine or, or whatever it is that you do over there in California. Um, I had a few short days. What of it? There, there you go. That's what I'm just telling you to go fucking enjoy some more. Um, go ahead, man. Let it out. I thought this, I thought this was a different film. Um, I thought this was The Hero and the Terror, or whatever that movie was called, which was a, a Chuck Norris mm. film from the later, later 80s. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of similarities between them, but it was just... The first, it's just what came into my mind when I when I heard Silent Rage. It's just not the same fucking thing, you know. He's going up against. It's a non-war based or non-karate based Chuck Norris movie. Um, but I did see this film back back in the day. I went through a phase, as I think a lot of kids, I'm sure the Dean did as well, where Chuck Norris for a short period of time was like. I mean, the fucking guy was pretty cool. You know, it was, he, was, he was an ass-kicking white dude who, you know, was in a ton of these movies. He was in the missing... I, like, discovered the missing in action films at, like, the perfect age. You know, so, so you had Rambo, who was, like, a super-duper action star. Well, missing in action was realistic. You know, that was what these guys really looked like, because they looked like normal people. They looked like, you know, like your uncle or your fucking, you know, I don't know, your, your cousin or some shit like that. Like, I had a cousin, Steven, who kind of, like, had, like, a similar build and, and everything, you know, and then the, the, the mustache. Um, so, 
I obviously saw this film after seeing Chuck Norris in like the missing in action films and seeing Chuck Norris fight Bruce Lee in what was a game of death. I think it was. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to be watching Chuck Norris be badass and kick ass and do Chuck Norris things. And instead we got like the fucking Dukes of Hazard fighting some fucking mute dude. Um, I don't know, as a kid, it was, like, heavily disappointing, except for the titties. There were boobs. You know, there were <laughs> yeah. a lot of boobs in this movie, and it was, like, awesome, you know? Like, the, the, the two things that I remembered of this movie are the boobs and the end, and that's really it. Nothing else of this film, like, stood out to me that as I was watching it going, oh, I remember that, or oh, I remembered this. No. Like, I knew I watched it, but, but that was it. So that being said, with, with today's sensibilities... It's, you know, it's, it's an early 1980s Chuck Norris movie, so that pretty much says it all at that point, you know? It's, it's, it's an all right <laughs> film. Definitely nothing fucking memorable, at least, at least not for me. Hmm. Uh, you, Dean, Dean what do you think about that one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> it being, all things being fair. This has got to be one of the worst fucking movies that I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. I was astounded by how fucking <laughs> terrible this film was to me um, for uh, numerous reasons, which um, we will cover in depth. But truly, I thought this movie was was absolutely terrible. Um, I watched it in two parts. I watched like the first two thirds uh, last night and ultimately fell asleep while watching it and then finished it up today um, after I watched Endgame. And uh, I just, can't, I can't believe... You Endgame up with this. I did. <laughs> I followed Endgame with like the last 35 minutes of this. Um, I just couldn't believe how bad this movie was. And I really didn't know what to expect. Like, I've heard of it before. Uh, you know, I haven't seen the entire Chuck Norris catalog uh, but I've seen enough to know, like, what to expect from a Chuck Norris film, especially, like, pre-85, 86-ish Chuck Norris films. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 I just thought this was fucking terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so bad. And it has those really just fucking, like, unintentionally fucking bad moments. Like, even I could admit that. Like, I'm not saying I love this fucking movie by any means. I do enjoy it because of how cheesy it could be at times. Like how he has Flounder playing the fucking deputy and just so excited because he gets to see his first pair of tits. Like ever. Like he's like, oh my God, they were so perfect. And they had fucking tattoos on them. And I think I'm going to fucking ask her out. <laughs> like, you know, it's, what fucking movie is this? Like, this is supposed to be Chuck Norris's like debut as, in a horror film. Like he's going to take a break from, from action and do a horror film. And it kind of gets there with, with John Kirby. But, yeah, it's just it's Chuck Norris all over this fucking movie. <laughs> you can tell this is his vehicle. Even well, in the beginning Chuck of the movie Norris when he steps still. out of the police car. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was his well, company that produced too, it. So. Well, you got to remember, too, though, at this point. You know, that's, I have to correct myself. It wasn't Game of Death. It was Return of the Dragon. It was the movie that he was in no, with yeah, okay. Blade. Yeah. Um but, you know, like, he, he had done a few things, but he was still pretty well-known by this point. So the idea that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. Norris was going to become, like, this this big leading star, it, it was it was 
it was big at the time. You know, I mean, you were talking about somebody yeah. that, you know, one, you know, one fucking, you know, multiple karate tournaments at this point. He was, you know, he was, again, like I said, he's, he's a white guy doing martial arts in a time where, you know, again, Bruce Lee is dominating the scene. You know, you kind of had throughout the 70s some, some black exploitation stuff with some martial arts and things like that. But, again, for the most part, martial arts were an Asian-dominated market. And mm-hmm. here is this, you know, ginger, little uh, <laughs> little white-looking fellow with a mustache, you know? <laughs> yeah, with, with that weird fucking haircut. You know, which is, the funny thing is, his real name is actually Carlos. It's Carlos Ray Norris. You know? <laughs> Just we we all know him as Chuck. <laughs> yeah, that is that's up. But yeah, because you get this with the movie, you get a character named John Kirby who's mentally unstable, um, trying to call a psychiatrist, played by Ron Silver, to help him. And Ron Silver, as Doctor Howman says, "I'll be right there. Just kind of stay calm." But he can't stay calm enough. He grabs an axe, kills his landlady and the neighbor trying to defend the landlady with a wooden chair. And this is where you get Chuck Norris as Dan Stevens, the sheriff of this small town, going on a chase, trying to beat up John Kirby and get him into the back of the squad car. But, of course, this guy has super fucking human strength, and he could bust out of fucking handcuffs and kick the door off the back of a cop car and then get shot to death and still seem like he's still kind of alive. So it's setting it up. This is John Kirby, and he could probably fucking take down Chuck Norris. No, you can't. He's Chuck fucking Norris. He's, he, Kirby's not winning this fight. <laughs> no matter where you look at it, he's not, you know. But they get the brilliant idea to put this guy into the experimentation program of Mitogen, which turns him into fucking Wolverine. You know, if you haven't seen this movie, guys, yeah, he basically gets turned, John Kirby gets turned into Wolverine. <clears throat> Pretty much. He just uh, attacked, so shot, stabbed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's all. You could cut him, you could stab him, you could shoot him. He's just going to regenerate, so he's got a regeneration factor, like an X-Man. <laughs> I love the, the early sequence when he first busts out of the house, and, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they both jump out, out of the window and off the roof, and they're in, like, the, the, the weed <laughs> area, like the, the, the large weeds, and Chuck Norris is, like, walking through the area, you know, and he's looking in every direction except for behind him, where you see John Kirby, like, just so obviously like creeping like there's no way you don't see this large individual doing it yet somehow somehow Chuck Norris does not does not see him and you know what I did forget is that prior to this they did have a, a, a pretty good success with the Octagon which was a fairly big movie in the in the early 80s I remember yeah. that being big even when I was a kid and I remember hearing about that like my like one of my uncles or it might even have been Frank it was like oh you gotta see this movie it's fucking awesome you like ninjas? Yeah. I'll show you fucking ninjas. Watch what Chuck Norris does to ninjas. <laughs> but, yeah, with, with John Kirby, after he gets shot, and they just decide to use his formula, I just I love the fact that Tom, his psychiatrist, is working surgery on him, because I didn't know that psychiatrists know how to perform surgery and try to help somebody. I, I, I'm going to stop you right there line. for a second. They do drop a line I do just, this. They Go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, I missed it. I just wanted to stop you right there because I want to point out, this is one of the things. I put this on last night, and let's go back to, you know, when John Kirby is having his freak out in the beginning. Uh, the sheer length and volume of the screaming in this opening sequence. Oh, the kids? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would drive me insane. It's fucking insane. And <laughs> yeah. I put this on, and, you know, I have a, I live in a very small house, and, uh, you know, the TV uh, at night, you know, my, my, my wife is getting ready to go to sleep, and I, I have found what, like, the suitable, like, volume is to have on the TV where I can enjoy what I'm watching, but it not be too loud. And I had it at that volume. And as she was, you know, going around doing her things, getting ready to get, get ready for it, she was like, what the fuck are you watching in there? Like <laughs> the screaming just went on and on and on. Like, like really, like I was watching it, like what the fuck lady? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's kids. That, that's what it's like. Having yeah, that's kids. So, the, the, well, the, never have one. Um, it's, it's yeah. one thing I can tell you. Um, yeah. It's the most fun. Nine out, nine out of ten are like that. You know, every now and again you get one gem. You know, so. <laughs> but like oh, I said, it's that. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. I'm sorry. So, sorry. The drop line was the. Uh, was him saying, "Oh, you should have, you should have stuck with surgery, Tom, instead of going, ah, you know, and doing understand. your whole brain thing." So yes, at one point <laughs> he was a, a surgeon, and then decided to become a psychologist or a psychiatrist, <laughs> whatever it is that Ron Silver does poorly in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, after uh, basically putting that uh, the chemical, the mitogen into him, and going, "Oh my God, it fucking works!" So well, uh, you know. It's not right that we're doing this, so let's just fucking just say that he's dead and he died in peace. And, of course, the one Dr. Squires is like, yeah, not a problem. We'll do that. And as soon as Holman leaves room, yeah, we're fucking doing it, bro. We're fucking bringing him now, back because this fucking shit Now works. real science is going to begin. Now we're going to do the right <laughs> thing. <laughs> Who cares if this guy was a fucking psycho killer? And the the thing that makes me laugh, I know because like the the Dan said he didn't like this movie, but the things that really made me laugh about this movie, not that it's a Chuck Norris vehicle, but it's just the fact that kind of like in Sidekicks, when he was best friends with uh, Jonathan Brandis and his fucking fantasies, he's like this with fucking the deputy. He's like it with Charlie. He's like, hey buddy, you're doing really pe- you're doing really great. First I think of all, it's really awesome. Let's 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 just uh, can we just please recognize him by his name, Stephen First, uh, who did die a couple years ago. But, yeah, but his uh, character's name is Charlie. Steven, I know wow. his character's name is Charlie, and you said the deputy, the deputy, but I want to recognize Stephen First for his comedic chops because he is, after all, Flounder uh, in Animal House, mm-hmm. uh, one of the most legendary comedies ever made, and also uh, has a role in the Dream Team with Michael Keaton, uh, which is a very, very, very underrated comedy uh, from the late 80s. Um, but I felt that all of the the Dream Team, uh, mm-hmm. where Michael, Michael Keaton and Stephen First and Christopher Lloyd and uh, Peter Boyle and uh, I can't remember who the fifth one is, are mental patients, and their doctor takes them out of the mental hospital to go to a Yankee game, but he gets out of the van, the doctor, to go get directions, and... Uh, you know, gets mugged and never returns, and then the mental patients have to get out of the van and solve the case. It's very funny. But anyway, um, uh, I disagree. I felt that these kind of comic relief weird fucking sequences were him, like, just threw off the balance of what this movie was supposed to be. Uh, From the whole sequence when they were at the coffee shop, uh, when they first encounter the biker gang, 
And two, Zion, when yeah. they actually go to the fucking bar that the bikers have taken over and the chick comes over and pulls her tits out and he's like, Such a like he's team. a fucking deputy and he's standing right next to the <laughs> sheriff and she's like, he's like, she's like, check these out and he's like, ooh, ooh, and he like goes to like fucking grab them. Like, I, I just Ooh, didn't dude. feel that this, these, this kind of comedic face. stuff, I understand that, but I just feel that it just didn't jibe with what this movie was supposed to be. This movie was so disjointed, I felt. That was one of my biggest, uh, you know, what I felt to be one of the big flaws. <clears throat> no, and, I, and well, that's yeah, what I, mean, I was, was going to say about that. Yeah, go no, ahead. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Say it. No, you say it, man. That, that was going to be my, my segue into that with the Deputy Charlie this kind of being the goofball sidekick of Chuck Norris who's always fucking trying to raise his spirits. Even when he orders two fucking hamburger meals, he can I have your onions. Like, you know, it's just this weird thing of showing Chuck Norris having a soft side. Like, Oh man, you know, this guy could play everything and he's playing a soft guy. But no, the fucking most bizarre thing is fucking Allison, the sister of Tom Hallman, the psychiatrist of John Kirby, because she's like, yeah, you know, we had that thing six years ago. And I'm just totally on over it. I don't want to fucking fuck you, man. And then he does this weird thing with his fingers that just fucking bothered me throughout the entire fucking movie. When he's, like, tickling her face, I'm like, oh, gross for some reason. Like, but this is how he's going to seduce her. Because she very easily just gets into bed with him. They have a sex montage in the middle of this movie. So that's what I'm saying. This joint Not only do the they comedy, have a sex montage, yeah. not only is there a, and this is another one of the things, not only is there a sex montage... But there's like a five-minute sequence uh, just showing them, oh, here's them sitting at a picnic with the sunset. Here's them sitting in a romantic <laughs> restaurant. Here's, some, here's them sitting on the deck with a glass of wine and gazing off into the distance. And here's them sitting against the... Like, it was just the fucking most asinine sequence. It just it didn't make any sense to the story It's a Chuck Norris showcase. That's all it is. Like, when you see it as a Chuck Norris vehicle, that's all it is. It's showcasing you that he could be the lover, he could be the friend, he could be the action hero. That's, like, that's the way I took it. It's just them showcasing you what Chuck Norris can do. He can do action, but he can also have a soft side and a sexy side because he's out without his shirt on for a lot of it. And he could also be a central lover, but he can also be your buddy, you know, who tells well, you that you're doing a good job, even though he just told you about his dog that he froze when he was a kid. <laughs> that's funny, Charlie. You, Chad. I'm not going to be bothered by that story at all. Chuck here is 42 years old in this film. So it's not like he's some young spring chicken, you know? He's, he's kind of like Wilford Brimley in a lot of ways, you know? Like Chuck Norris is one of those guys who to me has just always seemed old or older. Um, a lot of the scenes, particularly the ones involving him and the, and the, the female lead, were like kind of improvised on Chuck's end. The director was more like, well, you know, you got to be flirty or, you know, you got to do this. And Chuck was like, okay, well, this is how he's going to do it. Like, you know, this is a martial artist here. You know, he's not the fucking smooth ladies, man. He's not some fucking, he's not yet quite a leading actor in a film. No. So, like, the idea no. of, like, this is what you're asking of him to do. Like, all Chuck Norris wants to do is get in there, have fight sequences, and, and, and move on, you know? So he looks very <laughs> uncomfortable whenever he needs uh. to, like, engage other characters in the film in conversation. And especially when you have things that seem disjointed, like they don't know what they're doing. Like, you have Stephen First telling me this story, and, you know, is the story supposed to be comedy? I take it as comedy <laughs> because the character's <laughs> built as comic relief. You know, like, that's what you're getting funny. out of this guy. 
yet at the same time, like, he doesn't make any sense in the broader scope <laughs> of things. Like, I'm thinking, of, like, when I take this movie, like, I could take this and put this side by side with Roadhouse as a film. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, the heavy yeah. set character in Roadhouse, even though, yes, is there, like, a comedic element to him? Yes, but he's not comedy. And, like, I felt like Stephen DeForest is going too far in the comedy end of things. And I know, like, the, the whole dog story, that was all him. Like, you know, it was like they yeah, didn't know improvised. what to do. So they just said, hey, you know what? Just perform. Just to say something. Do anything. Whatever you can so do, you know? So fucking strange, man. It was so strange. Yes. And the whole time. thing at the bar. Yeah, that, that was all Chuck. You know? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that bar sequence that happens in, in the movie, that's all Chuck. It had to be Chuck Norris saying, we need to have a fight sequence somewhere in this movie before the finale. And I'm just going to go to a bar, and I'm going to fucking roundhouse kick every fucking biker in that bar. One at a time, maybe. Because at some point, they were just standing in line, like they were waiting to get fucking punched in the head by Chuck Norris. <laughs> it, just, it just so happened to be a ramp for the motorcycle to drive up and out the window. They, so, they were so awesome about that. Like, I love that they had this gigantic thing of plywood like, right there, perfectly, perfectly, like, right there, leaning up on it for it to, to just go. You know, it was, it was great, though. Like, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, though, in this it, film. It was you fun. Know, like, that sequence was fun. You know, like, yes, is it yeah. ridiculous? Is it silly? It, yeah, it does it look impressive? No, not really. Like, and again, though, as a little kid, if I watched that movie, you know, especially back in the early 80s, I was probably like, oh, Chuck Norris, he kicks ass. Man, I want to learn karate like him so I can fucking beat up bullies and shit. You know, I look at it now and I'm like, is that even martial arts? Like, what the fuck is it that he's doing there? Seriously. Slow motion and not slow motion like, oh, we've, we're fast and here's a dramatic scene that we're going to put in slow motion. Like, all of the moves on all sides were just so telegraphed uh, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. just so, like, they were all just moving slowly. And all of these bikers, it's like they were all just, like, standing around waiting their turn to go one-on-one, <laughs> where that obviously wouldn't be the fucking right. case. Yeah. Uh, but, like, no, I, I yeah, think it was just like, and it, took, fun, and it just went, that's the problem. Right, I understand, so, yeah. I, understand, I understand that for sure, but like it just went. That scene also too just like went on and on and on, and then and then they just left. They didn't show like there was no like we don't know if like the bartender got like cut down from the post. They were just like, all right, we fucking kicked some ass. Let's get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the backup. <laughs> There's supposed to be backup. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't call for backup until the motorcycle came running out of the fucking window. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Because, see, the deputy's on the fucking horn, busy talking about how he wants to go back in there and go propose to Titty Lady. That's right, cause she, and she had tattoos on them. They were the biggest things I'd ever seen, Bobby. <laughs> that, I, I will say, I will say, that sequence when he's explaining that was really funny at the end when he's like, all right, Dad, I got to go. He's like talking to his fucking dad. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a funny line. I have to give him that. Yeah. He gives that whole fucking description, and then at the end when he says, Dad, like, I, that, that one got me. Yeah. And in this movie, like we had said about John Kirby, we haven't seen in really any of him after the bar fight. He's still laying up in the Institute where they've been pumping him full of these drugs. Uh, Dr. Tom, his psychiatrist, finds out about this and says, fuck it, I'm out of here. Like, I don't want any part of this. But, of course, Squires is just so fucking intent, you know, on getting his name being made because of what he did. 
he's not going to give up on this project. He's not giving up on John Kirby, so John Kirby's not going to give up on Dr. Squires. He's going to go ahead and fucking go kill Tom at his home where he has fucking windows, windows inside for some reason with his wife who's a painter. Um, <laughs> it's just, I wanted more with the death scenes because he has that fucking big-ass knife that, he cut, that Tom cuts the meat with to eat. I was like, he's going to fucking use that. He's going to fucking gut him. No, he just strangles him. <laughs> and that's the end of Tom. He just, he shoots well, him that, a bunch of times like Loomis would, and then he gets strangled with that. Well, the director like, well, explains this film. It's not a slasher film. For him, this is a karate movie meets Frankenstein. You know, that's the whole hmm. idea. This is Frankenstein's monster. This isn't Halloween. That, this yeah. isn't Jason Voorhees. Like, so I think for him, he's thinking he's making something more along the lines of, like, the classical creature. You, like you said, this is, this is your Loomis. This is your Dr. Frankenstein. This is the man that yeah. created this monster, you know? So, so right away, we get the monster destroying his maker. Um, and, yeah, yeah, you know, like, it's Ron Silver who, you know, like, I, for me, I, I didn't, like, my introduction to Ron Silver wouldn't be until Blue Steel, uh, which I think was, like, that's a good one. 80s, yeah. early yeah, 90s. Totally like, saw that Jamie one. Lee Curtis. Uh, like, that's yeah. the first mm-hmm. time I ever remember seeing Ron Silver. Then the next time I remember seeing him was Time Cop. Um, 1990s. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, Time Cop's what taught me that you can't have same matter in the same space, you know, so watching fucking Ron Silver, like, get merged with himself at the end was fucking, was one of the most bizarre fucking things I'd ever seen, man. Um, <laughs> so seeing him in this role, I'm assuming that he's going to be an important character who will be there for the length of the film. So watching him yeah, die totally. quickly was like, wow, and like, okay, well, there, there goes that, because he's a good actor. You know, everybody else in this yep. film has been terrible so far. He was at least decent, <laughs> so they eliminated that. Decent, but, but also also someone that comes with a little bit of, like, like name recognition, too. Yeah. And I'd, I'd have to go back yeah. and look. I don't know if he had but, name but recognition then. And, no. He was yeah, that's what, like well, that's what I was movie. just saying. This is only, like, his fourth film. He was in, like, a couple of television series, but, like, this was, like, yeah, this was real early in his career. Like I said, for me, like, I didn't know of him until Blue Steel, but I know he was in, like, Romance yeah. of the Stone, I think. And I remember seeing that in Jewel of the Nile in theaters, but, like, I don't remember him. Who was he in Romance of the Stone? I think, again, I, I know he's in it just from looking oh. at his filmography. I, I have no recollection of it. He, 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 he didn't have, like, a real part in, in Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie in ages. I was just as soon as you said because I've seen. I love that. I think that movie's fucking amazing. I've seen that movie a thousand I, times. Romancing the Stone. One of those. Fucking every, outstanding. Every time I sit here and I'm like, you know what, man? Like I think about it. Like it's funny. I will have to admit that I probably think of that movie once or twice a year. And I say to myself, man, I got to look that up and see if it's available so I can buy it and watch it. And as soon as have I you, think you've of never it, seen I think it? of that. No, I, I saw both of them. I saw that and a sequel in the fucking theaters, man. Oh, okay. I, I, have not, I haven't seen either of those films since, like, the late 80s, early 90s. So. Yeah, I have to tell you, man, uh, The Jewel of the Nile, not so much, but Romancing the Stone is outstanding. Like, out, so like holds a truly up. outstanding right. movie. Very cool. No, The Jewel of the Nile, not, not as much, but Rope the Rick, the first one, is, is really, it's an excellent movie. Like, it's, and it's kind of timeless. Like, it doesn't really matter what time, like, that it's from the 80s. Like, it just doesn't matter, you know? It's just... Really, okay. you can watch cool. it now, and it's like it's like exciting, and it's really, really excellent. I'm happy to hear that. Well, as good an actor as Ron Silver is, we do have one of those 
wonderfully fantastic, horrible moments in filming when they don't edit or at least, like, I guess they were just having trouble with it. He's hanging on the back of the door when his sister. <laughs> yeah. And his eyes. Yeah. Him. And his eyes move to look at the yeah. wall as the door is getting opened. <laughs> and then to make it worse, when the door gets closed again, he, you watch as they move back to the other position. It was like, come on, yeah. man. Like, they didn't catch that shit. But then again, yeah, they it's so great of a gap. It's a budget movie, you know? Because you think that somebody would have caught that, but the fact that it's in there is great. And plus, his wife being in the bed, you know, sort of fucking... Like, she had her head smashed against the wall by John Kirby. But when Allison comes home because she lives with them and she finds the body, there's so much fucking blood. I was like, I, I mean, I've seen movies where people get hit in the head and they bleed, but I was like, man, this blood all over the place. I was like, they didn't John really know Kirby what they were doing. Is super strong. So there's a gigantic hole <laughs> in the back of her head. You know, we just don't see it, unfortunately. You know, and the wall. It should have been smashed like a basketball. Like Deadly Friends. Obviously, the wall was made of, like, indestructible concrete. That's the only thing I could figure. You know, I know it's the second floor of a house, but it must be a full on, <laughs> straight up concrete wall that, you know, he just had to hit her up against one time, and that, that, that put her down and put blood yeah. all over the bed. You know, that and in typical harm. Watch out for the bears. Yeah. And in typical horror movie fashion, uh, Steven shows up just in time as Allison runs out of the house screaming with her hands covered in blood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's like, of course. I love when horror movies do that. Where it's like, there should be no reason why he's right there as soon as that door opens, but he is. Kind of like Dewey and Scream. When Sydney's running to the door and all of a sudden Dewey's there with a mask. No no way. But it's a horror movie. You got to do away with time. Time has no relevance in this movie. Especially when Steven says to Allison... I'll pick you up in about an hour, and it's the fucking middle of the day, and then when he goes to pick her up, it's nighttime. <laughs> it's just, Listen, man, nighttime is not real. Night comes quickly at <clears throat> certain times of the year, man. Probably yeah, that's true. Time. I didn't think of that. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't think of that. But uh, So Kirby goes back to the Institute, where Squires and Vaughn are looking for him to no avail, but when he shows up at that door, and you see all the bullet holes in him and covered in blood... Vaughn's thinking the truth, that he fucking killed people, and this is fucking bad news, and of course, Squires is like, well, maybe somebody just shot him. <laughs> he just, he's walking along, just minding his own business, whistling a tune, and somebody shot him. No, we have to put a fucking end to this program, and Squires, unfortunately, agrees to this, even though he knows his name is not going to be in any of the science books anytime soon, but it's okay, <clears throat> because nothing can fucking kill him. Not even the fucking <laughs> shit that they give him. Because Vaughn takes a fucking shot to the neck, and Kirby is still going. I'm pretty sure they're fucking putting in, like, sodium hydroxide <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. I think that's what they use for when they do the that's lethal thought, injection yeah. on What on is this called? Hydroxychloroquine? No, 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 no. That's, that's what our wonderful president says cures COVID. Um, we can only hope that he's putting plenty of it in him. Uh, he can find it at his local pool <laughs> supply uh, store. Um, if he really wants it. I think they do have it in pill form. Um, they're these gigantic white things. They smell funny, but you know what? Just, just take bites out of them, and you'll be good, Mr. President. Um, we love you. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. No, we don't. You know, yeah, so we, we did comic books already. We did all kinds of other things. We don't need to talk politics. Yeah, we're not going to. So we're doing all sorts of things. But, yeah. Uh, so back at the Institute where Vaughn has just been killed by Kirby, 
uh, Squires goes down the same hallway and discovers that body and realizes that they're all fucked because there's no way you can kill John Kirby. So what does he do? Goes back to his office to have a drink. And when he wants to get a peaceful, loving embrace by John Kirby, instead he gets his neck snack. And he's dead. So uh, another creator of John Kirby dead. <laughs> Just like Hallman, now the, the ultimate creator, uh, Dr. Squires, has to be killed at the hands of, of John Kirby. But at this point, I love it. Because now we're just having random doctors be fucking killed. Like, they're just walking out in the hallway, and they're like, oh, what? And fucking, you know, they're getting their heads snapped. Like, it, again, I know he said, like you said, the director said he wasn't making a slasher film, but this is kind of a slasher moment for John Kirby, where he's just going around fucking blowing away anybody that comes near him. Strangling him, stabbing him, doing what he has to do. Well, we've got to build the monster at this point, you know? If, if we're yeah. using 1982 sensibilities... Then yeah, we have to have a uh, a villain that is built up not just with super strength. We have to show that this villain, there is no coming back. There is no saving right. him. It's not just a matter of him killing the people that created him. You could say those people in a way deserved it. You know they did wrong. They played God. Mm-hmm. But the rest of these people, no, they're just simple doctors. They're nurses. They're the receptionists. They're moms. They're dads. They're family. They're family members. It's, it's a terrible thing. It's horrible. It is what it is. Well, especially not Charlie. Charlie didn't just, didn't need to go, but Kirby decided that he needed to go, and he fucking bear hugged him to death. Like it just I don't, something funny about that scene. Every time I watch it, where uh, you yeah, see Stephen first Kirby, getting hugged to death sucked. by fucking Kirby. Stephen first could have <laughs> played Kirby. He could have just sucked him in, and it would have been good to go. Um, <laughs> but yes, I did enjoy the bear hug. <laughs> It was it was fun, but you obviously you know, it was a snap. And I love when uh, Steven eventually finds Charlie, and he's like, "It's okay, man. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you, big guy. You know, it's okay." <laughs> you know, the softer side, yeah. Chuck Norris. <laughs> Listen, man. You know what? I, I figured it was the back crack. I figured out right. Listen, the guy might be paralyzed. I assumed right. he was gonna be alive, but yeah. he said no. Instead, we get the. Uh, <laughs> the Kung Pao Enter the fist type <laughs> Oh chosen one Why did you leave me <laughs> <laughs> I was not dead Uh-oh. yet I was just going <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Uh, I gotta watch that movie again I, I fucking love that movie I gotta find that again One of the best I was always hoping they would do a follow up But um, in, the, in the institute When Steven finds Kirby Trying to attack Allison again He shoots him out of the window Fucking again Luma style, shoots him out of the window and he lands on the ground. I was hoping that Stevens would run outside, he'd be gone. And then you just see the wind, you know, blow through the trees and he's like, Yep, the boogeyman's gone. Roll credits were good. Let's get that sequel. But no, they want to end this one. They want to figure out a way to definitively end Silent Rage with this battle oh, yeah. between Stevens and John Kirby. Uh, <clears throat> the Jeep crash, I fucking loved. Because when it crashes with John Kirby inside, and then he comes out and he's just screaming, and he goes right for that fucking water. I love the fact that Stevens thought it was over. He's like, finally, it's over. He screamed. He was on fire. He stopped, dropped, and rolled right into that fucking body of water. No way he's coming out from that. But he does. And of he is. Just... He heals from <laughs> everything. The man was shot. You know, the man's been stabbed. Uh, He's been roundhouse kicked. But this is where we get our ultimate battle sequence, because we have them circling each other 
and there's close-ups of their faces. So you know this is the final one. This is the one that's going to define everything. Who's going to win, Kirby or Steven? Oh, yeah. Let's keep cutting back to that close-up of Chuck Norris's face that they keep repeating. It's great. We got it, you know, in frame. Who's going to win this? It's going to be, of course, a series of flurries of round kicks because that's what fucking Chuck Norris brings to the fucking table, roundhouse kicks. That's what's going to stop this unstoppable killer. Slow motion, like roundhouse kicks, fast roundhouse kicks, and then a couple punches to the face so we could go land in a well. <laughs> that fucking well. Out of the well. I'll give him that. He takes a bit of a, takes a, bit of a beating here and there. He does, I, I and he done. gives it back. I love when he's on the yeah. ground yeah. and he does the, uh, the inner thigh punch. You know, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was even better when he fucking gave him an attitude adjustment to the fucking well. I was like, maybe that's where John Cena learned that move. <laughs> yeah. He straight up fucking it's gives him a fucking attitude adjustment. <laughs> yep. And it, that, it's like, okay, now it's fucking over. So now it, there's just no way he's going to be able to get out of that well. Now we could have Stevens and Allison having their fucking weird moment with this weird relationship where it's on again, off again, because Allison just can't make up her fucking mind. But crash cut to Kirby in the well, and then the credits roll. And again, I liked the soundtrack, especially during the last part of this movie, but very John Carpenter inspired. Very much that yeah. style that he was using back in the 70s and 80s, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I. Yeah, I, I think I ignored the majority of the music, and as soon as the fucking, as soon as he came splashing out of the water and the fucking thing freeze <laughs> in, I couldn't, I could not have hit like the back buttons on my television controller any faster. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 I don't know. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I don't really know if I would have gone that way that they did with the ending in the well, because it's he's unstoppable and nothing can kill him, so he's just you know find a way out of that fucking well. I mean, blown to pieces like you would fucking Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th, Jason Goes to Hell. But then you'd get copies of Jason's. That's what happened in that movie, which I don't want to see again. <laughs> I just what? I don't understand that. Dean? What did you say, Dean? Nothing, nothing. I'm just being ridiculous. It's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to at least... Give us your ridiculousness now, man. I mean, we've we built this thing up here. I don't have to said. do a goddamn thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting to be a goddamn ridiculous here, Dean. And not as ridiculous as this fucking movie. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so, so yes. Uh, in the end, he comes splashing out and... Uh, yeah, I, I was good, man. Like I said, I really, I, there was a time frame. I, and again, it was real short. It really, really was because I think pretty much, you know, I think there was that period where Chuck Norris of like all of maybe a half a year, like was like, okay, I think Chuck Norris is really cool. It's around the same time I was watching like American Ninja and, and shit like that and Shokasugi movies and then I don't know. I think and then I like got introduced to Arnold Schwarzenegger and fucking Jean Claude Van Damme started coming out with movies and even like Steven Seagal like above the law like and, and I'm thinking this is all like '87 I want to say like obviously I knew Arnold from like Conan and shit like that but like I finally got around to seeing like Commando and and you know I ended up getting Predator on tape through fucking it's a whole different ballgame man. Is. 
Oh yeah. Well, oh, sorry about that, boys. I'm back. Yeah, no. So, so, uh, so, so that was a, a major, major shift for me as far as like enjoying those type of action films because I just could not look at Chuck Norris anymore in any kind of serious light because these guys were like just so much bigger. The action was so much cooler, and it just made more sense when I saw them doing what they were doing as opposed to seeing him doing it. Well, uh, that's great. <laughs> I came hey, in at the last part of that. My phone dropped, guys. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no, uh, so I, uh, I, I hear you, man. I just heard you going on a Chuck Norris thing. But um, actually, because what we were talking about, uh, about Ron Silver, uh, Bruce Steele, obviously, probably one of the best. But for me, I first saw him in The Entity with uh, Barbara Hershey, which is a fucking fantastic horror film. If you're looking for a supernatural ghost story. The entity is What's fucking. The title? It's just. It's called the entity. I can't remember what year it came out, but uh, Ron Silver plays a, a psychologist. Barbara Hershey is a woman that's living in a home where she's being uh, raped and accosted by a ghost, and they're trying to figure out if she's making it up or not. It's a bizarre, fucking creepy movie. That that was the first time I ever saw Ron Silver, and then eventually I saw him in Blue Steel and and a couple other movies. But yeah, that was my first exposure to Ron Silver playing another. Uh, you know, member of the the mental health field, but it's a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah, off the beaten path type of thing, but you know, you know how that is. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that was my pick for this week: Silent Rage. Uh, if you're looking for Chuck Norris kicking people in the face, you got it. Also, he, 1982. He the the 1982. Okay, so same year. Um, but yeah, he he kicks an fucking entire biker gang in the face, so he's got that going for him. But anyway. Uh, next week, uh, Ghoul, we're going to kick it to you for a pick because the monkey's not here until September. So we're going to have to rotate a little bit. So do you have a pick for us for next week? Well, you have I mean, a pick for us for next week. I, I, I indeed do have a pick. I, uh, I do. I, Perfect. Uh, originally, I was going to, to torture you horribly, uh, but then I realized <laughs> if I made this pick – Without the monkey being here, he would have been heavily disappointed because I'm sure he would have really, really enjoyed it. Um, it would have went along the lines of our fun summer that we've kind of been having. So, so I'm going to wait on it. Um, and instead, I'm going to go with something a little, uh, I mean, it's not current. It's from about 11 years ago, a movie called Splice. What's that again? Splice. Splice. Like, Light. Uh, like oh, well, Ryan Reynolds was like the, the, the okay. Adrian Brody, Light. Sarah Polly. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought you said life. I was like, okay, that's the right number. Splice from 2009. Not, not, yes, yes. Uh, some genetic altering shit with some kind of critter and, and, and other things. Oh, yeah. Like a, yeah, okay. I, yeah that's, there's a lot of weird sex in that movie. That makes sense. Well, I love weird <laughs> sex. Tracks. You know me. Yeah, Adrian Brody so, gets down. Okay, uh, as as I have as I have uh, already discussed with uh, the ghoul uh, next week for Splice uh, from 2009 will uh, be a classic episode between uh, just the King of Horror and the Ghoul as a as a duo. Uh, next Wednesday, uh, the 12th is my birthday, and I am not going to be able to participate in next Wednesday's program. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Well, happy birthday ahead of time, then. 
you know, happy early birthday. So that'll be yep. fun. Hope you have fun. And so I will, we're going to go back old school. Yes, I will definitely, uh, you know, be in touch beforehand uh, to to give my pick so you guys can announce announce it. I don't know what it is yet, but I will make sure that you guys know. And um, I feel that my show participation during quarantine is better than ever. But next week, I have to, I do have to, I do have to make this show. We, we thank you for being able to join us on the show while you're trapped inside yeah. your house. As, as much as you've given us great content over the past couple of weeks, you do deserve some time off for your birthday. But so, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. It'll be uh, an old school uh, episode of Talking Terror with just me and the ghoul. So, talking about Splice. Old, old jokes aside, Dean, I do have to say it has been nice having you on week after week after week for such a long time. It's been fun. I have nothing, honestly. I have to be honest, uh, you know, and, and whenever, regardless of what's going on in, in life, uh, you know, I always thoroughly enjoy when my schedule does allow my participation. Uh, but, you know, because of all of the different pots that I have my hands always in, none of those things are, I, I have nothing, you know, like this is like my highlight of my week right now. So um, I've obviously uh, have been very, very happy to be able to participate almost uh, every single so I'll be looking forward to being back in two weeks uh, when it will be my pick, and I will make sure that you all know what that is uh, to announce on next Wednesday's show. Okay. All right. So we will see you in two weeks, uh, Dean. Thank you so I much for your participation. Groot. You are Dean as well. So there you go. I am Very Groot. impressed. I am. I it's am Groot. It's gonna be Mr. Fucking Marvel over here. It's impressed. <laughs> that mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Watch your language, please. I am Groot. <laughs> Don't you talk to us that way. So, uh, as you know, ever since you've been a sapling. What? I don't know. Anyway, go ahead, Groot. Sapling. <laughs> sapling. Yes. Yes. Sapling. 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 But again, go watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You'll enjoy it. You're going to see them in between what you see in Infinity yeah. War and the end of the first Guardians. So that, and that will show you all about the group craze. Mr. Blue Sky. <laughs> and, and, and the soundtrack is fucking fantastic, man. Mr. Blue Sky. Absolutely. All right, man. You will love I'll it. Be looking forward to, I'll be looking forward to checking it out. All right. So uh, cool. I, 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 I would like to say, you know, Get on to Etsy. Go to, to, to the Ghoul Girls Bonfire Bead Designs. Put it in the search bar. All one word. Bonfire Bead Designs. Uh, all kinds of handcrafted jewelry, gemstones, uh, necklaces, pendants, bracelets. She's always making stuff, and stuff is flying. Uh, we thank you. Anybody, you know, whoever is listening, if you are the ones that are getting on there and, and buying the stuff, thank you so much. You know, she, she loves it. She's making it. She's making it because she loves to create the stuff, so anybody that's wearing it for her, they're wearing her art, and she loves to do that. Um, so I do. I would like to just stop you and family. ask. When you, when you sell items from Bonfire Bead Designs, which you can find on Etsy, are you still including uh, cock and pussy shots in every order? Uh, no. As of right now, the cock and pussy shots, that, uh, that special... Has, has run its course, but, you know, something like that could always come up again. Um, I could also 
I, believe me, we've got 18 animals in this house. I can, I can show you private parts. I can show you private parts that will fucking make you shake. Okay? You think Silent Rage is private? Oh, oh, I will show you what my bunnies have. Okay, we got three little bunnies. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> we don't even we don't know what the sex they are yet. And from what I've seen <laughs> on the Internet, what it takes to find out what their sex is, I don't know, what, who's, I don't know who it's going to be more traumatic for, me or the rabbits. So that's, you. That's, that's one thing there. We got to figure it out at some point. I'll probably be trying. That's that's, that's what I'm seeing right now. I see tears <laughs> in my future. Have you ever heard a rabbit scream? It's not fucking pleasant at all. Oh no, no. But anyway, like I said, what doesn't scream? Well, maybe your girlfriend will scream, or your boyfriend, or whoever it is that you're you're fornicating with. You know, if you go to Bonfire Beat Designs. Get them a piece of jewelry. They're going to see it. They're going to scream in excitement and happiness, and then they'll probably give you some. So, some of what? I don't Ooh, know. I can't tell you. you know. I'm just, yeah. you it, use, prote- use protection, especially in this day and age. Don't make a COVID baby. That's, that's weird. You know, the world might fucking end by the end of this, this year at this point. So, just buy stuff. Go ahead. And, and aside from that, stay scared. Okay? That's, a, that's all we got to do out <laughs> there right now is stay scared. That's right, because we already are. And we're getting towards terrified, but we're going to stay scared for now. So, as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to see you back here next week where we're going to get weird. The girl and I are talking about splice. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, and most importantly, keep on listening. Hail your mama. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus